0: to help make this possible so please consider supporting our mission by visiting the spoken gospel website clicking on donate and contributing what you can whether you choose to donate once or monthly we're so grateful for your support okay now on with the show
1: welcome to the spoken gospel podcast spoken gospel is a ministry that's dedicated to speaking the gospel out of every corner of scripture In Luke 24, Jesus told His disciples that every part of the Bible was about Him. So each week, hosts David and Seth work through a passage of scripture to see how it's all about Jesus and His good news. Let's jump in.
0: Well, welcome everyone to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm not going to ask how Seth this today. Yeah. Because so we ignore just... Ignore that question, David. <laughs> <laughs> I, if, you, if this is your first episode somehow, I usually start the episode by asking how Seth yeah. is. But we have just been contemplating and meditating on today's passage about how God is love. And we're both a bit of a wreck right now. So. Yes. <laughs> and if you haven't listened
1: to Chris Renzima's song,
0: yes. God is Love, yes. do so immediately. I'm actually... I'm just going to say this. I'm going to put it at the end of the episode.
1: Oh, the, 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 the song. I think can I can. That? I think I can. If not, we'll put it in the show notes. Yes.
0: E- either in the show notes or the end of the episode. I'm going to put the song there because it's amazing. Chris Renzima's God is Love. We, were, we listened to it. We just both looked up after it was over. We were we crying. We were so crying. <laughs> it's fine. Um. So we're, we're totally ready for a podcast. We're totally ready. for.
1: We're emotionally stable and ready for a podcast about one of the most famous passages in scripture. Yes. God is love. 1 um, John
0: 4. What uh, is that? It's four eight, 8. And then he says it yes.
1: again in four. 15 or 14? Okay. He says yeah. it, it twice. Oh, oh, there 16, it is. 16. 16. Yep. Um, yeah. One yeah. of the most famous passages is scripture. God is love. Totally. Also, probably one of the most easily misunderstood. What? It's so simple.
0: It's so simple. <laughs> how could someone misunderstand it?
1: Um, and so, I was trying to figure out, like, why is it so difficult? Why is it so countercultural? So, I, I was like, how can I just cut off our misunderstanding mm. of this text at the knees? Okay. And I was like, well, I think we need to say up front that love is not a
0: feeling. As far as John is concerned in this passage.
1: Yeah, at least not primarily. Not as John is concerned. Like When he writes the phrase, God is love, I don't think he's saying God has the capacity to feel affection.
0: Although he does. Although he does. But that's not what he's exactly saying. Right. And I think
1: what is helpful for us in naming that is like, yeah, because I'm exaggerating a little bit. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. But it's like, I think we use love to define almost everything. I just typed in love into news today uh-huh. and it was like why we need to learn to love GMOs. Why pregnant so and so loves her new body. Why <laughs> Elo- uh, uh, whoever. It's like I was like I think love is just this affection or even a willingness
0: to buy and consume something. Totally. Oh, I mean and, and love, I mean it's love is a word, right? It yeah. exists within language and like all language, it evolves. Yeah. Right? And so love being an English word you know, that yeah. at one time had one meaning, 600 years ago, and now it has a new meaning. Yes. It evolves with the culture that that word lives within. And so right. love, when we say that as Americans, you know, at least for Seth and I today, or for wherever you're listening to this. I mean,
1: I like to think of myself as
0: a European. You do. You, you grew up over there. I grew you know, up that's over fair. there. But, but there's a Western, even, idea of yes. love um, that might mean tolerance. Yeah, you know, or, or any, kindness. Or kindness, or being a good person, or... Uh, not being a jerk yeah
1: and i think the thing that we keep learning the longer we do this project is that the closer we can come to understand what our author means in that particular moment in time as he's writing that thing the broader our understanding of scripture Mm. and god is and i think here is like man we should all be for love god is love like (laughs) let's not miss that god is love but like i think when we limit love to being an emotive thing, Mm. we actually limit the different ways that we can meditate on God as love. Yeah, And like we can widen our definition of what love means by paying closer attention to scripture and what John says here.
0: That's great. Well then let's do that. Yes, please. So is the best way to do that by going through chapter four? Yes, we could do that. Um, or do you have another plan? I have attack?
1: no plans. I have been Ooh. trying to figure out. <laughs> so, we, so we've so we talked a couple of different times about the way John structures his argument. Yes. Some, one of our commentators thinks of it as like a DNA strand. He yeah. has like, point a and point b like god is love and we obey god's commandments those are the two main themes that like what, spiral what's that shape a double helix a, heli- a double helix yeah, yeah, yeah and it spirals through the whole book and it has all these connecting lines where it's like light and darkness life and mm-hmm. death uh love your brother don't hate
0: that you know li- yep. truth and, and at it's basic reading uh right. like looking at a dna strand a double helix. It seems repetitive and simplistic. Yes. You read through it. Even the, even the Greek itself is very simple Greek. This is, the, this is the book you translate in elementary Greek. It's in most, simple. Most elementary Greek classes. It's simple, but then as you dive deeper into a DNA strand, you know, the and you start looking. The whole human body is encoded. Exactly. It's like, oh, this is so intense, you know, and it's like, and we're not trying to make mountains out of molehills here. It's just that John is packing really deep, Yes. theology in simple words which makes him a great theologian <laughs> and
1: I was thinking about this like he self identifies as the disciple Jesus, Jesus loved in his gospel yeah. and now we're getting the disciple that experienced and defined himself as the one that Jesus loved specially is mm. now writing about the love of
0: Jesus yeah that's pretty awesome for
1: his people I'm like man yeah. I don't think I am old enough wise enough ready enough to re- tread these waters <laughs>
0: But we're going to try. We're going (laughs) to (laughs) try. So. So what is love, David? Oh, wait. In this text? Baby, don't hurt me. Baby, don't hurt me.
1: No more. Uh, Do
0: you want me to answer that in this text? Yeah. What is love? How does John define love? Okay. I can answer that question, I think. Um, So let's look at verse 7 if we can. Mm -hmm. Okay. It also is is funny. There's a in the Greek here, yeah. verse seven. It sounds almost repetitive uh-huh. because it's beloved love. So yeah, yeah. So it's like agape toy agape.
1: Did you know the word love is used 27 times in the Spaso so in insane. just these like 12 verses? So much love. And beloved is another two.
0: Right. So loves. So he's like my beloved, beloved. <laughs> you know, yeah. it just sounds kind of funny. Anyway, so beloved, let us love one another for. Love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. I mean, already like the floodgates are open in terms mm-hmm. of the depth that we can get to here. But what I want to push toward is the God is love moment. So he says, anyone who does not love does not know God. We'll come back to all of this because God is love. And in this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And then here's where I was trying to get verse 10. This is love. So he defines it for us. We don't Mm -hmm. have to define it. Mm -hmm. We don't have to go searching. We don't have to look to culture. We Mm -hmm. just, if you want to know what what John thought about love, his definition, this is love, comma, (laughs) not that we have loved God. So, okay, it's not that. Love is not what I do for God, the feelings I have towards Mm -hmm. God, my devotion to God. But this is it, that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. He died the atoning sins, sacrifice. The atoning sacrifice yeah. for our sins. So that's love. So I think what's interesting is, is what is love? Love is Jesus coming to us and dying as our atoning sacrifice. Yeah. That is love. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, when we start to think about the broader scope of First John being written toward these secessionists, these antichrists who uh-huh. have left the church yeah. and were false teachers, and one of their false teachings was... That Jesus is not God. He didn't come in the flesh. He didn't come in the flesh. He didn't die for your sin. You know, he's not the propitiation. Yeah. And then for him to say God is love and love is defined as Jesus dying for your sins. In a Mm -hmm. sense, what John is saying is God is love could be translated. God is Jesus. What is love? Uh. It's Jesus. Uh, this could be, I mean, this is like a Trinitarian text uh where it's like uh proving the divinity of Jesus. Yes. What is love? It's Jesus. So in the simplest terms to explain what John is saying here is Uh God is Jesus. Yes. Means God is love.
1: Yes. And what I think is super interesting about that is one of the critiques that John consistently has the antichrist is that they hate their brother, Mm -hmm. which I've always thought is like probably too strong. Right. Nobody goes around like boasting, bragging, or teaching that they should hate their brother. Right. And if they do,
0: they don't, they're not like wolves in sheep's clothing. Right. They stand Pe- out too much. Yeah. People don't follow them. Right. But if what he means is that
1: true love is the love that God had for us when he sent his son to cover our sins. Mm-hmm. So when you deny that Jesus came in the flesh, you're denying the greatest act of love. That's right that was that existed was the,
0: the worst way to hate your brother the strongest way to hate your brother is by denying them jesus
1: which would made it me really really i think i wrote it this way in our in our devotional but like so that means like to be anti you know, like antichrist mm-hmm. could be cruel and violent like how oh. we normally picture them but yes. they could also be kind and inclusive mm-hmm. like being against love being hateful is first about your relationship to the self-definition of love mm-hmm. in Jesus. Yes. Not that it can't be the way that you treat other people yes. or We also... Emotion.
0: Kindness is also a fruit of the spirit. We're yeah. not demonizing yeah. kindness here.
1: But like the way that John's talking about it, like...
0: Yes, you could have a kind antichrist. Yes. 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 And a like, kind
1: antichrist that Who hates, hates his brother. Who hates
0: his brother. Because why? Because he's denying that God is Jesus, that God is love. He's denying the true source of love, which is Jesus dying for our sins. Um, so what... Now... Uh, we could talk about the Antichrist some more if you want. Uh-huh. Did you have another path you want to take? I
1: could talk about the anti. I could always talk yeah, about I the just, Antichrist. I, I did not get my fill from last week's <laughs> podcast. We could continue. But there's so much that we haven't said already that I'm like nervous to move deeper into the Antichrist. Oh, I know. Can we move back? Let's go back. Um, What John ends up focusing on mm-hmm. throughout this is is the ethical imperative to love your brother yes that's like maybe even more so than god is love although that grounds our love for one another it's our love for others that he is continually hammering home to his people right beloved let us love one another because love is from god and whoever loves has been born of god and known god yes whoever does not love, does mm-hmm. not know God because God is love. Yes. Shown primarily in Jesus' death for us yes. to give us life. Yeah. Um, our love for one another. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Mm. If we are defined, if John is defining love as like an atoning work yes. for all of humanity, mm-hmm. I can't atone for the sins of somebody else. Right, right. What does that m- mean practically? And if it's not primarily an emotion of kindness or tolerance mm-hmm. towards somebody, what is it?
0: Yeah. So uh, there, there's a flow of argument that's happening that goes from God to Jesus and then from Jesus to us. Uh-huh. So think about this. So you had God, had a son who proved what love is by dying for us, mm-hmm. right? And then those of us who like believe that, who put our trust in that who love Jesus and are loved by Jesus and have our sins propitiated you know uh we then enter into a new relationship which he says here we've now been born of God because we've been born of love yeah those of us who trust Jesus for our salvation are born of love mm-hmm. and now we become children of God who else was a child of God Jesus Jesus he just said that <laughs> right 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 his only son mm-hmm. was Jesus but now we are God's sons mm-hmm. too well God mm-hmm. sent Jesus on a mission to be loved to the world in his unique way. So now as God's children, he's sending us into the world mm-hmm. to be loved in, a, in in his unique way. Is now, it, that doesn't mean that we go around you know, we don't we're not perfect. We can't be a propitiation. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we can love as Jesus loved only like if and only yeah. if we are filled with his spirit. Yeah. That's the that's the difference. Mm-hmm. and like right there's more to say and about that but. i
1: think uh, if we, the way that you framed it too so like propitiation we talked a lot about this in our second we, it's a covering over of our sins mm-hmm. and it just struck me like one of the ways that paul talks about love is like it does not keep a record of wrongs
0: oh totally
1: it's a covering over of mm-hmm. wrongs like one of the way one basic analogy yep. is a covering over of wrongs yes. another way i think we've talked about atonement is like taking responsibility for sins that are not your fault, Mm -hmm. that you didn't commit. It's easy to absorb the cost of somebody else's foolishness and Mm -hmm. somebody else's sins. And I think like if anybody's married or, you know, has a deep friendship, you have to do that. You have to do that all the time. There are analogies in our Mm -hmm. life where that is rather obvious.
0: Yeah. While you can't atone for the sins of the whole world or be a perfect mediator between God and man, you can, in your own life, cover over the sins of others mm-hmm. by forgiving, by not yes. harboring grudges, yes, by not dwelling on past mistakes, uh-huh. but by bringing fresh love and acceptance to people and who not, don't deserve it.
1: Right. Or not taking revenge, not right. retaliating. Yes. I've talked to many a teenager who, <laughs> once have, they've been slighted, want to just get even as quickly as possible. Yes. And it's like, ju- justice is the Lord's. Mm-hmm. He will repay. Mm-hmm. Like, and that the willingness to wait for god to judge yeah. rather than you to enact it yourself and to punish them either with your words or your silence is an act yes. of god's sacrificial
0: love towards others. It's what Jesus did. Yes. Right? He 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 did not come to condemn the world but to save the world, John says in his gospel. Right? He he left former sins unpunished, right? He he was waiting for the mm-hmm. day of the lord, which he says I don't know when it's going to be while he was on earth and so instead he bore the punishment now and like yeah. was waiting for god to take revenge later
1: i was think, i was just thinking in this moment about like 1st corinthians 13 love mm-hmm. is patient and kind yeah, yeah it does not end other
0: love is statements love uh, and yeah. i was like
1: i wonder if it, it would probably be a really fruitful exercise for all of us mm. to think about god's death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead as a type of patience yeah God or Paul says it. He's like he bore sins for. Oh, how does he say it in Romans one? Um, the law was a tutor, and he passed over former yeah, sins yeah, until I, the yeah. fullness of time. Yes, he God, left former sins
0: unpunished. That's right. Yeah. So he, his love was patient yeah, it until. Yeah, very came patient. To the front. Yeah.
1: And then, so what does that mean for us as we wait for our brothers, our mm. sisters, our moms, our spouses, our friends? Yeah, it's like. It's not, yeah, it's
0: like. Oh, I'm I'm feeling impatient. Why aren't they here yet? You know, they're standing uh-huh. up, and it's like, well. You know, God didn't just strike me dead the first time I sinned. He was patient with me until I was yes. 16 and finally repented. You know, uh-huh. like, you waited yes. 16 years, I can wait five minutes. Yes. You know, it's like a really boots-on-the-ground way to He love waited the
1: entire history of Israel yes. until, yeah. Know. And so I, I was just thinking, man, that would probably be a really powerful exercise for me personally, mm. for you. It was like, reread Paul's Love is Kind, it Does Not Envy, it Does Not Boast. How does that define Jesus's work on the cross? Yeah, that's interesting. And how does Jesus's unboasting and humble death inform how we should love our our neighbor? Anyway, yeah, that just got me thinking. No, we, it's really good. You could probably spend the whole podcast just doing that one. Meditating thing. on that, yeah.
0: But um, yeah, so the another thing that's really interesting is that um, it, it kind of I hinted at it earlier that it's it's like we can only love if we're loving through Jesus like if we're indwelt by Jesus and we're loving the way he loved only that is love um like
1: say that in a way that doesn't sound so much like John and very confusing okay.
0: <laughs> um what other people call love is not love
1: when I show me as a non-christian mm-hmm. spouse show love
0: t- towards my not other non-christian spouse, that isn't love it can't be what the love John's talking about it oh. can't be. It can be. You can call it by another name if you want. Kindness, compassion, empathy, loyalty, mm-hmm. um, sincerity, devotion. If you want to go bad, lust, you know. Uh-huh. But like. Those are all a lot of except for lust. Those are yeah. all good things. Yeah, um, but it's not what John's driving married, at. Lust is fine. Lust is fine when it's <laughs> towards your wife, right? Right. We are not getting into that. No one clipped this. <laughs> but whatever it is, There's a lot writing on that. Dude. Whatever it is, I'm moving on. <laughs> it can't be the love that John is talking about here, and I yeah. say that because the love that that John defines here is very narrow and specific. Uh-huh. And it can only be done by a person who has experienced the love of Jesus, is indwelt by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and is then loving with the same intention and motivation that Jesus had on the cross, which is a high order. Maybe this will help us get there. Because I'm still like, really,
1: I can't say my non-Christian friends love each other. Like, I can't say that. I mean, you could say it, but I, <laughs> but I think to get to right. help me even say verse eight, anyone who does not love God does not know God because God is love, right? And so, the Apostle Paul will do this, and even John does it. He's like, well, because God loved us this way, Mm -hmm. you should love that way. Mm -hmm. But this is a different statement. He's saying God, in his own being,
0: is definitively love. Right. Love is one thing. It is God. And it's... No, no, no. no. Love is not God. No, love is not... God is love. That's right. But it's defined by God. He's the keeper of the keys when it comes to the definition of what love is.
1: Right. And so, it would be impossible... To, mm-hmm. to your point, mm-hmm. to be loving if God did not abide in you. Yes. If the definition of love, mm-hmm. if love incarnate right. does not live in you, you can't yep. love
0: others. Let me, I can get boots on the ground, okay. I think. Okay. It'll take a little bit of time, but I can get there. I promise.
1: <laughs> can I ask <laughs> yes. one question before yeah, you sure. do that? Yeah. Why doesn't John say that?
0: Uh, He wasn't inspired to do so.
1: Well, it was was like my mind immediately went to like, well, then what's the inverse of it? Uh It's like, well, if God's love isn't in you, you can't love. He never says that. Right. He says, because God's love is in you, you can love. He's always Uh, like...
0: I mean, he kind of does go there, though, because he says that if God is not in you, then you hate your brother.
1: uh, Verse 20. If anyone says, I love God Mm -hmm. and hates his brother, he is a liar, for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God who he has seen interesting yeah there's a connection
0: between yes if you don't know God you can't love your brother mm-hmm. like I mean at least not not in in the way, way that, that John is talking about the
1: the Jesus inspired self-sacrificial right. totally yes
0: and so what the one way to, to describe this uh-huh. is to to think about it in the way that like a Christian has a relationship with sin um so like Uh, you'll have to indulge me just for a second. I think it's worth it. Okay. But if you... We'll see. (laughs) When when Adam and Eve were in the garden, this is old Augustine. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, Uh they were able to sin and able to not sin.
1: Meaning that they had a choice. They had a choice. A real
0: choice to sin or not sin. That's right. But after the fall and death entered the world and sin became our ruler, we only had one choice, which was no choice at all. We were... Not able not to sin. <laughs> we could only sin. <laughs> we could only sin. Okay. We had no choice. Yeah. I think in that same moment, you could say, we were not able to love. Ah. Huh. But whenever Jesus, like, enters into us and we actually experience his love, we now become what Augustine called "posse picare, "posse non peccare, which is the Latin for, again, going back to the Edenic state, able to uh, sin, but also finally able to not sin
2: mm-hmm.
0: and in the same way i think as christians we have the ability non-christians don't have we are able to love but we're able we're also able to not love it's interesting you did a
1: couple of things there you basically equated sin with love oh or not no. loving. yeah i was but, saying yeah but he says in verse 20 and this is the commandment we have from god whoever loves god must also love his brother john feels really comfortable conflating the commands of God Uh to loving God and loving your brother.
0: Um, Which is the command. The command. You know, Jesus was asked this question. What's the central, most important command in in the Old Testament? Love God, love your brother. After the fall, we were unable
1: to love God and love our brother. We had no choice but to do those things. Right. Here's what I'm also thinking. Mm -hmm. What if we added a word to our English word love Mm. to help us get closer to what John is saying here? Redemptive love.
0: Right. Yes. Without
1: Christ, we can't redemptively
0: love our yes, friend. Yes. That's absolutely right. We can't either re- because we aren't redeemed, and mm-hmm. we can't love them in a redeemed way. Yes. Or in a redeeming way. Yes. That and this is where, I, and I think you're absolutely right to go here. This is where I was trying to get, where it's like, because you could say, you know, the the whole Augustine, you, you're not able not to sin. You can mm-hmm. only sin. It's like, okay, so you're saying that a non-Christian, when they give to a charity or when they Uh, help an old lady across the street or when they tuck their kids into bed. They're sinning, you know? Right, right, right. And it's like, it's very controversial, but yes. You know, I mean, even the Bible backs this up. Anything that does not come from faith is sin. Like, this is a a biblical idea. Uh, And the reason is because your motivations are always polluted, you know? Like, your motivations are always self-preservation or comfort or even care for another person. But they're not... Maybe another oriented way. oriented to God. Well, another way to say it
1: is like like John is simplifying. So, mm-hmm. what are we doing here? Yeah. God is love. God is redemptive love. He His Son dies that way, and that God lives in you, and you're supposed to live that way. And people who don't have that Son, that God living in them, mm-hmm. can't love redemptively. Right. That means for all that love is outside of the the gospel community, outside of Christian community, it's never redemptive. It's not that. Yeah. It's not that. It right. can't redeem. It can't save it's good it's good yeah there's common grace yeah but it's not redemptive um and i'm wondering too like how much like that redemptive aspect makes something sin or not sin Mm -hmm. like the ability to or the propensity to or the inclination towards redemption right is the difference between sinning and not sinning or even doing the right thing with the wrong motive and right. doing the right thing with the right motive. Right. It's because doing the right thing with the right motive ultimately is redemptive. That's right. It brings God's kingdom one step further in the world. Yeah. While the other one, while it might be a neutral good, mm-hmm. can never be actively redemptive. That's right. Because it doesn't have the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead right. indwelling that action. Yes. Yeah?
0: Yes. I can yes, absolutely. That's exactly what I'm driving at.
1: Yep. Which is interesting, verse mm-hmm. twelve. He so this is forms a little inclusio, so mm. it, it's a section. An inclusio
0: is a bookend. A bookend. Yeah, you have something on the front that matches something on the back, and the in-between parts prove the bookends. Yes, that's an is that, is that how to define you inclusio?
1: It. Okay. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us, and this love is perfected in us. And then he goes on at the very bottom. He says. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen mm-hmm. cannot love the God who he has not seen. So there's something about love that makes visible the vis- the invisible God.
0: Yes. The gospel. The gospel. <laughs> right. Well, this is another <laughs> yeah. point, which
1: is if you go ba- rewind all the b- way back to the beginning of the what double we helix.
0: Have seen, what we have heard, what we have touched with our hands. John... He, First, John one, John opens the gospel by talking about the, the Jesus he
1: has seen, yes. and is communicating to people who have not seen that Jesus mm-hmm. that he has seen that Jesus. Uh-huh. And the functional message, the way that they know he existed and he becomes visible, is through John's love, John's love, t- John's <laughs> love towards them, and his testimony yeah. of them. And then the way the world will know of that redemptive love mm-hmm. is the same way that John showed it, but also Jesus, yep. God's love. For eons of history was invisible hmm. until Jesus came in the flesh. Right. Now, for the rest of human history, Jesus has died and risen, and he he's not coming back until he comes back. Right. So, how is the invisible love of Je- the How's resurrected
0: Jesus, even God or God himself, God
1: himself going to be shown in the world when you, filled with
0: the redemptive love of God, go into the world and make it known? Yep. Which is, I was like, yeah it it's it's a hot, it it elevates the idea of like being a Christian or even like doing good, or obeying God's laws, or even loving your neighbor, right? To say, yeah. your job, Christian, is to make the invisible God visible. is uh-huh. like, ooh, that's right. exciting. And I mean, even the word choice that John
1: uses to describe God's love. God, in, this, in this, the love of God was made manifest. Mm. It appeared, it was shown. Yes. It was like, it appeared in time in history that God sent his son to the world so we might live.
0: Yeah. There's something him. which goes back to kind of what we're talking about with like, what is love? It can't just be an, uh, an emotion. Mm-hmm. Why? Cause emotions aren't, emotions are invisible. Ah, actions make them visible, mm-hmm. you know, but if love is made manifest and it's made manifest in Jesus mm-hmm. appearing, dying for our sins, obviously love must not just be an emotion. Right. It must be action. Yeah. Uh, Which is really interesting. Uh, Now, obviously, it's motivated by also what we consider the Mm -hmm. like emotion of love, but the Bible has other words for that, like like the Hebrew chesed, you know, like covenant Uh, love, steadfast mm -hmm. love, faithful, loyal love. Yeah, you know, God wants wants us in His family and wants to keep promises He's made to us. That's a feeling God has Mm -hmm. that makes Him. Action love us.
1: Right. Well, and I, and this goes back to like a conversation we were having off air. Like it's not illegitimate to talk about the emotion of love. Definitely not. And like he, John even says it. He says, uh, in this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us mm-hmm. and sent his son. So from totally. that love, yes. sent his son. Like there was like a divine emotive thing mm-hmm. that
0: moved him towards action to send yep. his son. And hey man, I need that. I need both of those so badly because I think that as I was in the early stages of becoming a Christian, uh, especially later in life, like um, I went, I was moved, radically moved by the self sacrificial death of Jesus on my behalf, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously so. It's amazing. It's the gospel. It's the gospel. Um, but if that is the only thing that I have, it can quickly become like, Uh, well, I better like do good for others or whatever, because Jesus died for me. (laughs) You know, like, uh, I feel almost guilty that Jesus died for me because Mm -hmm. it's not anchored in a father looking at me, his son and saying, I love you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to die for you. Yeah. And like, if I don't have that first, I love you, I'm going to, I'm going to die for you. And I just have the, I died for you. I can develop like a guilt complex. Like, and I, this is like, this is just me personally. I'm not really exegeting first John here, but this is like, I need God to love me, you know, so badly. Uh, Cause right. like, I don't always feel very lovable. I'm sure that the disciple that Jesus loved
1: <laughs> did not think when he wrote that, well, I'm the disciple that Jesus died for. Totally. He meant something more than that. Yep and although it includes that Mm. for sure but um there is an emotive abiding sent. i mean like a characteristic of god like one of his attributes like that's like the theological word for Mm -hmm. it was like is love Mm -hmm. like that's profound
0: right and that he bends that attribute toward me yeah yeah it's um,
1: it is, and this is why you should go and listen to the Chris Frenzima song "God Is Love." If you don't, second plug. Second plug. If you don't cry while you're listening to it,
0: the, my old pastor, what he would say is, "Your wood's wet."
1: Your wood's wet.
0: Like your fire, like a fireplace. You know, uh-huh. you can't light it. He's like, if that song doesn't stir you up, your wood's wet. That's so what the old pastor really I had would say. <laughs> like, come off come back on stage after a worship set he's like well no. that didn't light a fire in your, your woods that's way. such a great pastorism it's such bro. a great pastorism <laughs> um, okay uh, this is all really interesting one thing we haven't talked about that is worth just backpedaling mm-hmm. to for just a second is God is love but in nowhere is First John insinuating that God is only love no like people have tried to build a hierarchy of the attributes of God Mm-hmm. That one attribute of God controls the other, so in so uh, in a similar structure, Hebrews says God is a consuming fire. Yeah, it's who He is. Yeah, it's an attribute, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like those are both true at the same time. Mm-hmm. It, it's not our job to say, "Well, God is supremely controllingly love." Mm-hmm. And his consuming fire comes under that. Right. Uh, And so therefore, his consuming fire cannot be XYZ because that would Uh not be loving. Yes. But on the flip side, what we can say, since they go side by side, when God is acting like a consuming fire, it is love. Yes. So Uh, I know uh, that sounds semantic-y. No, no, no. No,
1: it it isn't. I think think the doctrine is called the simplicity of God. Mm -hmm. Yep. And um, it basically means that all of God's none of God's attributes fight each other. That's right. They all define one another. His wisdom, God is wise. Yes. But it's a loving wisdom, mm-hmm. and His w- love is wise, mm-hmm. and His anger is a loving anger, mm-hmm. and it's like those things don't compete with one another. Right. And I think on both sides of the aisle, this gets weird fast. It's fast. And it's one of the things I've loved continually working on this project mm. is that it's allowed me to stop and just think and not try to fix mm. one version of God against the other version of God. Yeah. When God, so God says God is love. Let me just camp out there and go crazy with it for a second, Yeah. and I'll say God is angry for another day. For when, yeah, for when the, the yeah, Bible talks about when it. When the Bible talks about it, and then it is, I'm going to go all in on that, and I don't need to feel that for one to compete with another because no. then I'm going to actually limit. Mm-hmm. I think people think that they'll expand on the nature and character of god mm-hmm. when they define let one attribute control the others but it ends up just limiting them it makes totally. them totally less complex
0: it makes them one dimensional
1: it makes them far more one dimensional yes. i mean by definition one dimensional right and i think we we've all been in traditions that either like celebrate the wrath of god mm-hmm. and control and talk about the wrath of god yep. as the defining way that we talk about his love
0: yes you he, know he was wrathful against you and boy, you're sure lucky right, that, that Jesus, Jesus loved you. Jesus
1: got through got thrown
0: <laughs> in the way. Otherwise That's he right. was coming. He was coming for you. Yeah. yeah. And you better watch out because he's you know, you step yeah. out of line. You, right, yeah. Or even <laughs> yeah. yes. So yeah, totally. and then on the other side, the love
1: other side. makes to the extent that God can never be angry mm-hmm. at injustice. That's right. So anyway, we are off topic. But, but yes. I thought that was worth back pe- pe- backpedaling too. It is. Um
0: it so is yes. Okay. I think we need to move forward into this whole uh, uh, confidence, like Mm -hmm. proof idea, because there's a doctrine: God is love, Uh right? That it's who He is, Uh and He died for our sins. That's what we're talking about. But then there's a there's the test, the ethical command of Uh love your brother. Like that's the test, and Mm -hmm. the command is Mm -hmm. like: if you do that, then we that's how you know that you are in the one who is love. If you love your brother, so again. We've come to this idea in John, I don't know, every episode, (laughs) Yeah, is this idea of how do you know you're saved? Mm -hmm. And it's usually something that is based on how you're behaving. Yep. And this time it's, do you love your brother? Yeah. And especially how we've now defined it, do you redemptively love your brother? Yes. Do you love your brother the way Jesus loved him? Yes. That's good.
1: Here's, wh- here's how this section begins. Okay. It's by this. We know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. So he starts off with the Holy Spirit. Really important. And then he goes on and says, And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God's abide in him. God abides in him and he in God. Now, I think John says it more clearly in the Gospel of John. Uh John uh sixteen i'm sorry, fifteen twenty six, he says, When the Holy Spirit comes, whom I will send from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me, and you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. Hmm. So John goes all the way back when he he's like, The Holy Spirit, when he lives in you, is proof that God is in you. And what does the Holy Spirit do when he's inside you? He tells other people that he's inside. He, he, yeah. tells, he tells about the love that we've just been talking he about. He bears fruit. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Totally. So,
1: the reason I wanted to bring that up was before we get into, like, there's like, maybe it's a, there's a one, was a, a test, but there's mm. a two-part answer. Okay. So, the test is, do you love your brother? Uh-huh. And the answer is, well, by the, the we know that you're in God because you're filled with the Holy Spirit mm. and you say that Jesus came. Oh, but okay. It's like, it's like, you have to affirm the first thing that God uh. is love. Before you can do the second thing, which is actually love, which goes back to what we said about the antichrist. So it's like, why are the antichrists against, why is claiming that Jesus didn't come in the flesh such a big deal? Because that's anti-love. Right. That's against Mm -hmm. love. So like, if you want to love your brother, the
0: first thing you have to do is be filled with the spirit that allows you to testify that Jesus came in the flesh. Oh, right. Because he says earlier that you can't no one says that Jesus is the Son of God except by the Spirit, Mm -hmm. right? Right, yes, he does say that. So it's like, do you confess that Jesus is the Son of God? Good. If that's true, Mm -hmm. then the Spirit is in you. Mm -hmm. Step one. Step one. (laughs) Step two, since the Spirit is in you, he will lead you to love others. Therefore, if you find yourself loving your brother, that's just proof positive of your original confession that you believe Jesus is the Son of God, that the Spirit made you say, that's now leading you to love. It's a cycle, a circle of confirmation
1: yes i have a a circular relationship in my margins right over here but here's what here's how john says it in uh, 16. so based on the fact that we have the spirit and testify that jesus came to flesh in love to save us from our sin we have come to know and to believe that the love that god has for us god is love and whoever abides in love abides in god and god abides in him that's the circle yes
0: that's the circle yes
1: and by this love it, I'm going to actually stop reading from this translation because it's way more easy to understand in a different translation in the NIVs. So okay. This is 1 John 4:16.
0: Searching, searching. Pulling things up.
1: I'm, just, I'm too busy on the Chris Ramsey lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> up. Just,
0: all the lyrics are there. You're like that's the uh, third plug.
1: That's the third plug. Okay. This is how love is made complete among us. Mm so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus, which I thought was really clear. Very clear. Um, and it goes back to the circle. Mm. Again, so how do we how do we pass the test? Mm-hmm. Well, in order to love your brother, redemptively love your brother, right. you have to be filled with a God who is redemptive love. Yes. You have to confess that he actually came in order to fill you with that redemptive love. And then... How do you have confidence on that day? By being like
0: Jesus. Mm-hmm. By
1: redemptively loving right. those around you.
0: Yeah, That's how you know. Something that you read, it was in the other translation. Uh-huh. But something Continue. you read was just like, it really struck me. That it's like uh, the spirit like, oh, what, I got to find it now because it was so good. What verses did you read? I We've, read oh Oh, here it is, 16. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has had for us or has for us. And I'm like, it's it's so strange, but I feel this so uniquely that I have to be moved by an omnipotent, all-powerful being, the mm. Holy Spirit, <laughs> in order to know God loves me, to know and believe that God loves me, you know? And mm-hmm. I'm just like, uh, it's true, because I, quickly slip into not believing that God loves me.
1: <laughs> and so what Paul prays is, like, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation yes, so that your eyes would be opened to know the riches of his love towards us. Like yep. Paul prays the same thing for That's us. Right.
0: We need the Holy Spirit I like to what even you said have a it. sense. We need the omnipotent <laughs> God to speak to us, to convince us that he loves us. That he loves us. And I'm like, yeah, I really do. Like even now <laughs> I need the Holy Spirit to move on my heart to convince me that God loves me. You know, it's like hmm. that and it's like that's the mark of confidence is when you can actually believe that God loves you hmm. even though you have stood in the light as first John 1 told you to do and confess your sins <laughs> and you know how messed up you are <laughs> and then you know that Jesus looks at you as your propitiation and God, and through him God loves you. I'm just like, that's how you know and can have confidence on that day. Well, right. What's if that's what he says next? Like, there's no fear in love, right? Because perfect
1: love casts out fear. Yeah. Perf- the perfect redemptive love of Jesus has paid o- paved over all the ways that you've been unloving, unkind, mm. sinful, undeserving of His mercy. It's all gone. Yeah. Perfect love has cast out fear because what's fear? It's the fear of punishment. It's the fear it's, of punishment. It's the fear of being left out. It's the fear of not being on the inside mm-hmm. with God. It's the fear of not, him not being in you. Right. And all that's gone. Why? Because the omnipotent God became flesh in love and died for you. Yeah. And he covered over the sins that would have separated you from him so that he can be in you. Mm-hmm. And that's that holy. And then he is in you by his Holy Spirit, which helps you confess it and to know that he actually loves you. He's got you covered on <laughs> all ends of the circle.
0: <laughs> it's him throughout. And it's Trinitarian. You know, like God loves you, sent his son to die for you, and then put his spirit in you to make you believe it all. You know, like it's yeah. amazing. Um, I'm, we, we, we've said it now several times, verses like 17 and, and 18, 16, 17, 18, talk about um, the day of the Lord again, the day that Jesus will come. We talked about this in the last podcast when we'll see him and become like him and all that stuff. But it said in in First John two twenty eight that he's writing to you and is asking you to abide in God's love so that you might have confidence on that day so that you won't shrink back from him in shame at when he comes and like um, hmm. I've been as I've been reading this and, and meditating on it I've just been like I have a really I don't know if it's unique to me I'm sure it's not but uh, I feel like every time I come to god in prayer you know like in the morning when i want to get up and pray i feel like i have to spend a certain amount of time fearful and apologetic and like mm-hmm. i have to jump through 10 hoops before mm-hmm. i'm allowed to just sit and be a son mm-hmm. and it makes it really exhausting It makes me not want to do it yeah you know um and then there was this line in John Stott's commentary today on First John. I think it's the, the Tyndale commentary series, if anybody's wanting to look for it. But he, he said just that... for John Stott and read whatever he says. Yeah, just that's go... Great. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, is that love, perfect love, flings open the doors of fear hmm. and lets you just enter into God's presence. And for some reason, for me, that's what I needed to hear. That's what you needed to hear. Where I was just like... So I don't know. Somebody else out there is like... Yeah. I just have a hard time approaching God. When I read in Hebrews, mm-hmm. come before the throne of grace with confidence and boldness. Right. I'm like, <laughs> good luck with that. Yeah, we keep
1: talking about all the confidence, but it's like, yeah. who's this written to? People that don't have confidence They're
0: afraid. Yet. Yes. Yeah. And like are ashamed and want to shrink back from God. And it's like, okay, if that's you, God loves you. And he died for you in redemptive love. And he's putting his spirit in you to make your hard heart believe it. And it's like.
1: I was reading uh, Peter Lighthart on the same idea. Yeah. And he was talking about the different ways you could fear God mm-hmm. in scripture. So you have like reverential fear. Right. There's which, a good fear of the Lord. And the way that he defined the good fear of the Lord, it was like it's a fear that draws you closer, mm. it's a fear that like. It's the fear that you have as you step over the, like near the edge of a cliff, but you want to look down.
0: Right. It's like, whoa, this What's, is cool. This is crazy. <laughs> it was
1: like, or it's the fear, like as you're, you're in the stratosphere and you're about to hit ZRG and mm. then you're drawn to the stars. Like yeah. that moment of like, will we make it? Let's go like that moment. Like that's, that's reverential fear. Mm -hmm. It's the fear that draws you closer.
0: Like a thrill junkie. Yes. Yeah, totally.
1: And then there's a fear that makes you cower and shrink away. It's like, Mm. God can't love me. God would never love me. I don't love anybody redemptively like this. Right. Um, And according to the Bible, (laughs) I've never loved anybody redemptively, you know, like, you know, um,
0: yeah. uh, yeah.
1: And that, that makes you cower. Mm hmm. But you don't need to Mm -hmm.
0: because perfect love, which is Jesus, which is Jesus Jesus is perfect. Love casts out that fear. Why? Because he died for the punishment Mm -hmm. because the fear, he says it here, fear comes from punishment. It's a fear that when you draw near to God, ultimately, no matter how good you are, no matter what you do, no matter how much you self-flagellate, no matter how many times you go to church, no matter how much you believe in Jesus, ultimately, it's not going to go well for you. He's going to punish you. Or if he doesn't punish you, you'll squeak by by the skin of your teeth. Or he'll like let you in, but kind of give you a dirty look. You know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> these are all thoughts I've had in my head. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, that's not true. He loves you uh-huh. with perfect love. Why? Because Jesus died to take away the punishment. There is no punishment left. You're just a child of God. Now you're a son. You're a daughter of God. And he loves you like a son, like a daughter.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah there's another song that I've, I've listened to a few times and there's, this makes me the way that I shrink back. It's like the list goes on forever of the ways that I could be better mm. in my mind um, as if I could earn God's favor given time mm. or at least congratulations. Oh yeah. And I was like, that's the the shrinking back the unconfidence that I always have. Like I've got this long list God yeah. of all the ways that I could be better and I know that I'm not. Yeah. And I just want you to pat me on the back. You know, like, yeah, I just... Like,
0: hey, you marked off I, half the list. Congratulations. I,
1: and it's like, I'm just afraid that I'll never get that. Totally. And I will.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's not about the list. It's not about the list. Yeah. I think I
1: said it in our devotional. It's like, I don't need to bring a list of all the things that I've done. Right. Uh, To prove that God loves me.
0: Because you've can, been covered.
1: <laughs> yes. I can bring a list of all my needs and all, yes. all my... Like as John says in the beginning it's all connected guys he's like <laughs> Christians love to be in the light because they when they expose their darkness it allows the light of God's grace mm. and his love to cover it like yeah. we love like anywhere
0: yeah if our uh, beloved verse 21 oh yeah I'm going back but beloved if our hearts condemn us mm-hmm. right God is greater than our hearts it just goes back to that where it's just like yes. he is talking to those who feel condemned Yeah. clearly So I'm just, I find comfort in that. I think I have a hard time thinking that audience, like receivers of New Testament letters struggle with that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. That like, does God really love me? You know, it feels like such a modern problem. Right. And such a psychological one. Mm -hmm. And it's like, clearly they felt condemned by their own hearts. Sure sounds like what I just described. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway.
1: Um, He goes on. Yep. He kind of keeps beating the same drum and he's about to escalate it to um not just knowing that you god loves you but that you've overcome and he's going to come back to this theme a couple different times yes 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 five verse one everyone who believes that jesus is the christ has been born of god right said this already and everyone who loves the father loves whoever has been born of
0: him your fellow christians
1: and what's funny here is that um the word is the same and everyone who loves the begetter Loves those he begat, uh-huh. like it's the, the same begotten. the begotten. It's the same Greek word used to describe both God and His children. Ah, uh, yes, which is which is the
0: same th- point he's been making the whole time. It's all about abiding in Him. Uh-huh. A bunch of people abiding in Him. Yes, yep.
1: Um, and so and then he goes, and now by this we know that we love the children of God.
0: Okay, the begotten.
1: So think about that. Uh-huh. This whole time we have been concerned with how do we know. God loves us. Right. Now the question is, well, how do we know? How do I know that I'm loving my brother the right way? Exactly. Great question. I'm dying for that answer. Right. And <laughs> it goes back to what we said at the beginning. It's like, redemptive love doesn't exist outside right. of those filled yeah. with the Holy you Spirit. Could, you could
0: imagine our podcast listeners going, okay, Seth and David, you guys have set such a high bar for this kind of love that I apparently never did in my entire life and I can only do under the compulsion of the Spirit, and it must be redemptive and Christ like and self sacrificial. Have I ever done that one time? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> and he,
1: so, and so yeah. So the que- so he's like, that's the question. That's how the do, question. How do I know I have actually genuinely loved my brother? That's good. Um, Here's how. But so, just as God's love in Jesus makes us confident in His love, it's our love towards God that makes <laughs> us confident. in in our love for others, it's the circle. It's the circle. It's back. <laughs> it's just <laughs> focusing
0: on a different arc of the circle. That's amazing.
1: Like God is. We've confessed Him. Yep. We love Him. He's in us, and He's at work in us to make the work of loving others a joy mm. and not a burden. Which is exactly yeah. the exact next thing He says. Like when we love God and obey His commandments, and His commandments
0: to love aren't burdensome. Are not burdensome. God Ugh. is. It's not too. It's not too much for you. Like it's not too hard for you. Yes. Like my yoke is easy. My burden light, Mm -hmm. you know, which then makes me think of like our whole
1: moment when we cried off air before we started here. (laughs) It's like, well, how do I know I'm loving people? My, how do I know I'm loving you, David? Well, and I feel like I'm just failing. (laughs) Well, do you love God and do you keep his commandments? And I'm like, I do. Yeah. That's enough. Right and you you're going to make it. You're going to figure it out right. on that road as you do that thing.
0: That's right. It's like as you love God and as you obey his commandments, you will love your neighbor. You will love your brother. You will love David and David will love Seth mm-hmm. as we love God. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then it just eats itself again. Yes. It's like and then as I love Seth, uh-huh. I'm building my confidence that I love God and he loves me. It's just like this beautiful little circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not passive, as if like no. simply by loving God,
1: I automatically redemptively love. Yeah, I've checked the you. box.
0: I must clearly love my brother. There is I like sure love that God.
1: obey the commandments part, which yeah. is like that active position, <laughs> yes. but it's also the active position of Jesus as mm-hmm. he obeyed the will of the Father to do what? Be sent to die to give us life. Right.
0: It's not yeah. enough to be like, okay, I finally feel like I have good feelings toward Seth you know, toward my brother. I like, I feel better about him. Yeah. What are you doing? (laughs) It should move you into action. Mm -hmm. Uh, which I think moving into action in redemptive love leads us to our last verse for today. Mm -hmm. Verse five, who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the son of God. Mm -hmm. So given all the context of everything we've just said, how does believing that Jesus is love, that Jesus is the son of God, um, how does that make us overcome the world?
1: Ah, <laughs> for a second I was like, wait, what question are we asking here? Well, maybe he answers it in verse four, Ooh. which we skipped over. Ooh. But uh, everyone who has been bored of God overcomes the world. Mm-hmm. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Oh, what is
0: it? What is the, okay, overcome the world sounds really crazy. Right. What, is it, what does it mean to overcome the world? I want to, I'm, I'm Loki and I want to rule the yeah. world. Yes. what does that? What does that look like?
1: Our faith, having faith in have, Jesus, <laughs> having faith in the Jesus who redemptively loved us, filled us with His Spirit, empowers us to love and to obey His commandments, so that we can know there's no fear in the last Means day. Means you
0: have overcome planet Earth.
1: You've overcome planet Earth. I mean, what? How did he define the world previously?
0: Mm. Uh, the 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 loss of the flesh, the pride of eyes. Or yeah, the, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and the loss the, of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life,
1: and the world is the place where the antichrist live. Yes. It's like the the things that are most threatening to true love mm-hmm. of God is the love of other things. Yeah. And the anti-love of the antichrists, the ones that deny that Jesus came in the flesh. So what is love? Like how do you overcome those forces? Mm. By Believe. Tr- <laughs> by trusting, believing in Jesus. Yeah. And who is it that, overcomes the world except the one who believes that jesus is the son of god
0: no one no one is no one overcomes the world except those who believe that jesus is the son of god yes Uh, you could think of it like a cosmic battle that you have the world is is this huge oppressive force run by sin and satan Mm -hmm. animating the antichrists you know Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. and we're all squished under it we can't love we can't have faith. We can't do anything. We can't do good. You know, we're all squished under it. How can you overcome that? Mm-hmm. How do you break free from the weight of the world when it's trying to squash you and your access to God? Mm-hmm. Have faith in Jesus, mm-hmm. and you overcome.
1: Trust Jesus. Yeah. Love Jesus.
0: That's it. I That's, do you
1: think it's interesting that yeah. the only other time, as as far as my memory serves me now, that he's talked about the world is in a context where it's all about love. The loves of the world. Mm. Don't love the world. The the world offers you the desires that it could give you, the lust that it... Oh, sure, yeah. Right? It's like...
0: It's at least a dominant theme if it's not every time. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The world offers you poultry loves, false loves, mm -hmm. right? Some lust of the... This is good for your flesh. This is good for your eyes. This will make you feel like you have a high position in this world that is squishing you. And it's like all fake... And the world tries to sell you fake loves.
1: Yeah. It's like the difference between lusty love and redemptive love. Mm-hmm. Like you've got, and like the lusty love of the world peddled by the antichrists. Yep. That's all they want to sell you mm-hmm. is lusty passing away, diminishing returns. Love.
0: It'll keep you under the world, but you can overcome that. Mm-hmm.
1: There's a redemptive love offered by Jesus. Yes. That grows and doesn't satisfy and doesn't pass away, but lasts beyond life.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's good news. That's good news. Well, friends, that was a fun episode. God is love. God is love. There it is. Uh, we will finish First John next week. We might have two episodes left because we have the end of First John uh-huh. and then John two
1: and John three, or First John two and First John three, uh-huh. which I think probably will be their own episode. But we might get it all done in one. Okay, we'll
0: see. We'll see. Okay, so letters of John coming to a coming to a close. Mm-hmm. So be with us. Next week, when, when week. he tells us why did, why he wrote this letter, oh yeah, that you may know, you want to know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Next week, <laughs> there's yeah. my teaser, and, and then this is he who came by water and blood. Oh yeah, that's a very that's debated passage. That's a fun passage. That's a fun, that's, that's a fun if one you're, if you're a Bible nerd. Yeah, and, you know. and fourth plug. Go listen to "God please, Is Love" just please go do it by Chris Benzema. <laughs> I'll I'll look up right now if I'm allowed to post it at the end of the episode, and if not, if it, if so, you'll hear it. If, if not, it's and it notes. just goes to our if it just goes to our bumper, go to the show notes. Yes. Okay, well, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next week.